Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. of Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe 
Must be 
At times I can be quite difficult to help out to no man's word. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. Well, here we are. We've reached the middle of August, and some of our students and teachers are already back to school. Oakland schools started last week, Berkeley schools start tomorrow. Albany and Alameda schools start the last week of this month. We'll be lifting up all of our students and educators on August 30th in worship as we celebrate this time of going back to school in this very different season we're in. We'll celebrate on August 30th the importance of learning and growing and serving. I remember starting school myself in the middle of August in the Midwest, and often we just went half days because it was so hot. We're blessed with relatively cool temperatures here in the Bay Area, but even so, these longer summer days can make it hard to remember the cold uh, and shorter days of winter are just around the corner. But time does move forward and seasons change and we'll be in a new season before we know it. On one particular cold and snowy winter day in December 2013, I found myself in a rented SUV with seven other Fellowship of Reconciliation staff members headed from metropolitan New York City to Ithaca, New York. We had planned to leave at 9 a.m. that morning, but had to delay until about 11, until the roads were clear, or at least cleared enough for us to begin our journey. Why were we headed north to upstate New York in the middle of a snowstorm in December, you might wonder? Well, Ithaca is the home of Cornell University, which in turn is the home of the Dorothy Cotton Institute. Dorothy Cotton, was the education director for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And though she was a member of Martin Luther King Jr.'s inner circle, we don't hear very much about her story. With Septima Clark, who King called the mother of the movement, Cotton created and directed the Citizen Education Program, which focused on teaching the requirements for voter registration, as well as community empowerment. When King was assassinated in Memphis, Cotton was with him. And after that time of great foment in the movement, Cotton was recruited to Cornell University's administration in keeping with her vocation as an educator. Within a few years, she had established the Dorothy Cotton Institute at Cornell to promote education for global citizenship and human rights. Every year, the Fellowship of Reconciliation presented the Martin Luther King Award for Nonviolence and Social Justice. And on that year, 2013, the recipients were Dorothy Cotton and Vincent Harding. Vincent Harding was also among King's closest companions. 
He was the writer of King's pivotal Beyond Vietnam speech delivered at Riverside Church in New York City just one year to the day before King's assassination. Neither Cotton nor Harding ever gave up struggling for the vision of a transformed world. They heard the call of God as young persons through the language of their faith and their time and never stopped responding. And because this award was to be presented at the annual gala of the Dorothy Cotton Institute, we were all traveling to Ithaca, New York in December. In their acceptance speeches, both Cotton and Harding spoke of the importance of persistence and how they sustained hope over years and over decades. For Cotton, a key to her perseverance was her love of gospel music, which inspired the formation of the Dorothy Cotton Jubilee Singers. She began her speech that night singing, Ain't gonna let nobody turn me round. And those at our table who had just been with her um, on a delegation in Israel-Palestine talked about how she would lead the delegation there in singing freedom songs, bringing the voice of struggle and hope into that land of our faith so mired now in conflict and despair. She was an ardent advocate of nonviolence as the most potent vehicle for change. She said, if a house is burning and a bucket of water doesn't put out the, the fire, it doesn't mean that water won't put out fire. It means we need more water. And so with nonviolence, and when Vincent Harding spoke, he talked about the importance of being grounded in one's own community and culture, knowing one's own history and those who had sacrificed to get him where he was. Harding was a prophet who lived his life in faithful struggle, beginning as a young man when he and an interracial group from the Mennonite church he founded in Chicago traveled to Alabama to meet Dr. King. He was 27, King was 29. He persevered for the next six decades through a changing political landscape, ending his career as a professor at United Methodist Iliff School of Theology in Denver. Harding's formula for activism was bring people together, remind them of their, the strength of their roots, listen to their wisdom and connect them to broader biblical and historical movements. Engage them the levers of power in their community and beyond. It was an inspiring and powerful night, hearing the sweep of history that both Cotton and Harding had lived. Well, the next morning, several of us were up early to catch a 6 a.m. flight out of Ithaca one of the few not canceled due to weather. And then we sat on the tarmac for a couple of hours, but finally it was wheels up. I had not been home in almost two weeks and I did not want to miss my connecting flight. So when we finally landed in Detroit, I ran with a singular focus to my next gate, only to see the gate agents close the door when I was about 300 feet away. As I walked up to the customer service desk, dejected, I saw that Vincent Harding and his wife were there ahead of me. It wasn't clear, but there seemed to be some trouble. Vincent and I greeted each other, and then I looked at the customer 
service agents and said, do you know who this man is? He's a hero. We're both coming from Ithaca where he was presented a lifetime award. Oh, what do you do? The customer service agents exclaimed. And Vincent said, simply and with a wry smile, I work on democracy. Today concludes our series on the platform pieces of the Movement for Black Lives with a focus on the plank advocating for community control. When Vincent said, I work on democracy, he was talking about community control, the engagement of citizens and particularly black citizens in collectively determining what is best for them. He was talking about the power of communities to govern, govern in representative and indigenously appropriate ways. The platform states, we demand a world where those most impacted in our communities control the laws institutions and policies that are meant to serve us from our schools to our local budgets economies police departments and our land while recognizing that the rights and histories of our indigenous family must also be respected one of the chants in the streets right now is this is what democracy looks like our scripture for today comes from the book of jeremiah as Jeremiah receives his call from God to prophesy to the community of Israelites. The strength and gift of the Jewish people was their singular relationship with God, Yahweh. And in the values and practices of, of Judaism, this distinct community, they were supposed to create systems and structures that supported their particular God-given ethics of justice, compassion, and mercy. The belief and trust that theirs was a special relationship with God who desired freedom and goodness not only for them but for all people was supposed to guide and form their lives. But the people had strayed from this singular relationship with God, allowing the politics of the day and their materialistic desires to have more of their attention than faithful living. And so God comes to Jeremiah a young man of 18 and says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you. Jeremiah, aware even at that young age of the demands this call would make on his life, protests. But of course, this only serves to confirm that this is indeed a legitimate and divine call. Like Jeremiah, when Vincent Harding and Dorothy Cotton were called into prophetic service by a God who has a special relationship with them and their community of black Americans, they were young persons in their early 20s. Like Jeremiah, both spent their lives in prophetic service as educators, preachers, exhorters, and guides. Now both have passed away. Harding in 2014, less than a year after that wonderful night in Ithaca, and Cotton in 2018. 
And now, 60 years after they both began in what Harding always referred to not as the civil rights movement, but as the Black-led freedom struggle, new leaders, new prophets are rising up. We have heard about some of them in this series. When we look at Jeremiah, at Harding, and Cotton, what we need to understand is that the words of any prophet in any age are not suggestions. They're divine orders. When Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, and Patrice Cullors say Black Lives Matter, this is not a suggestion. It is a divine order. It is not merely a good idea to struggle for racial justice and the dignity and humanity of black and brown persons. It is a requirement of persons of faith as commanded by God. It is a calling to each of us that cannot be denied. In the beginning, as Jeremiah exhorted the people to turn away from the ways that were exploitative and focused on power for a few, the king, Josiah, hears him and begins to embark on a series of reforms. King Josiah begins to rule in a way that returns the temple to its central role in the lives of the people. There is progress in this, in this movement toward freedom and faithfulness. But then Josiah dies and the people return to their idolatry. This faithlessness makes them weak and they're crushed by the invading Babylonians from the north. Jeremiah lived in a tumultuous time of upheaval and uncertainty when the thrill of progress shifted to the despair of stagnation or worse, the pain of slipping back from hard-won gains. Yet because Jeremiah kept reminding the people who and whose they were, it was also a time of great hope. We too live in a time of upheaval and uncertainty, but also great hope. In spite of the subjugation of the Israelites by the Babylonians, Jeremiah continually reminds them that they were not made for that. God calls them and us into freedom, and God will walk with them and us on that journey. At the end of the book of Jeremiah, when the kingdom has been conquered and the Israelites have gone into exile, the word of the Lord again comes to Jeremiah. In the midst of destruction brought about by the refusal of the people to listen to God's call to repentance, and in the midst of their uncertainty about the future, God tells Jeremiah to go to the land that was once theirs and buy a field. Jeremiah can't believe this instruction. It's not rational. It's not based on the reality that's around him, but it is a hopeful instruction. It is an act based on how things should be. Today we are in a time in the movement for Black Lives when we are beginning to see some reforms. Harding and Cotton, too, lived in a time when they had the blessing of seeing some progress in racial justice. But we also have a long way to go. When God tells Jeremiah to buy a field, it is an assurance that in spite of the distance to the promised land, we will get there. As an educator in the second half of his life, 
Vincent Harding was known for beginning gatherings with singing. His favorite song to teach and lead was Jacob's Ladder, but he would add new words in accordance with his own prophetic call. We are building up a new world, he would begin. Builders must be strong. And then he would continue, Courage, sisters, don't get weary. Courage, brothers, don't get weary. Courage, people, don't get weary, though the way be long. May we hear the words of this prophet, not as suggestion, not merely as a good idea, but as a divine order for people of faith. And may we respond with courage and perseverance. Amen. We are climbing, Jacob's ladder. We are climbing, Jacob's ladder. We are climbing, Jacob's ladder. Soldiers of the for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.